Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Hunt Closet. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life on closet. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Okay, Life Uncloseted family, you'd have to be hiding under a freaking rock if you don't think, well, there's a little bit of a salt on our community as well as other communities. It doesn't have to be just the LB, you know, GPTQ, all the... uh, letters of the alphabet that we have going on here there's people in the jewish communities there's people in the black communities but we're all in this together in our own interesting ways and because pride month is wrapping up doesn't mean we're tucking everything away the flags don't go away the fights don't go away the moving forward and being super active does not go away and that's why i am having this guest on because i want to inspire us to keep going keep it happening He is a filmmaker. He is a festival theater guy who's been out there with films and everything all over the country and the world. He's a huge LGBTQ plus advocate. And he's also part of the like making other other groups known as well, the Jewish community and everyone else. Because guess what? As I said, we are all in this together. I am so excited to be talking to this gentleman, friend, guy, um, simply because I don't want to see a stop. We can't stop the messaging. It's got to keep going. So welcome to the podcast, Uval David. And I'm so glad you're here, man. And we're having this conversation because it's not done until it's done. I don't I don't think it'll ever be done, right, man? I think we're going to be in this, like, keeping us present in the world for a while. Correct? Well, Rick, I'm glad and honored to be in this conversation on your podcast with you. Yeah, our work is not done. Pride isn't only a month. Pride isn't only a march or a parade. Pride is a form of resistance. Pride is a form of civil, social, and political representation and advocacy. It is the we, the people, who need to get up and march and take action and speak up and speak out, not only for ourselves, not only for our community, but for all people who are in need. It is, Mm. yes, it's the American way. Yes, it's the democratic way, but it's just something that is so very needed because if we don't get up and speak up for ourselves, if we don't get up and take action socially and politically for ourselves, nobody else will. Well, and I've seen this for so many years. I mean, I I come from a very religious background. And, you know, I think that's what inspired me to like, not only come out of the closet, but like to really be like, wait, this isn't right. I mean, hey, I don't really, you know, advocate for my belief system that I was raised in Seventh-day Adventism. But they want to be seen for who they are and heard for who they are. Catholics want to be seen for who they are and, you know, all this sort of stuff. Folks, you've got to be blind if you don't think if they can come for any group of us, whether it be Jewish, Blacks, the LGBTQ plus community, women, we've already seen that through the whole Rover, you know, V. Wade thing. You got to be a little bit silly to think that, well, they decide they don't want you around either. They'll come back for you. So I think this is why this conversation is powerful. We cannot just rest and go, okay, well, pride's done. We've done the fight. The fight fights don't end and it's not just 
our little group because whatever happens to our group says, oh, now we have permission. We can do this again to another group. Not only that, Rick, when one community or when one person, one individual or one group uh, is being targeted or victimized, there are repercussions across our society. And what does that our society mean? Are we only talking about citywide, statewide, nationwide or internationally? We're talking about internationally. That ripple Mm -hmm. effect will continue. Because we also have this great focus on intersectional identity, we recognize that the ramifications of uh, bigotry, victimization, and hate have ramifications across multiple societies, multiple communities, because so many of us are part of multiple communities. I mean, mention one person you know who's only part of one community. There really isn't such a thing Mm -hmm. because of our identities, who we are, where we come from, what our background is, what we believe, how we live. You know, I can keep going on from there. Now, you mentioned religion. Uh, I, I, I support religion. I support spirituality. But I also recognize that the vast majority of anti LGBTQ beliefs, legislations, and laws are on the basis of religion. People use religion as an excuse to victimize and to other and other the LGBTQ community and and other groups. They use religion as an excuse. We have seen this throughout human history, throughout religious history. So mm-hmm. we need to go to the root cause, and that's why we also need to embrace our intersectional identity. Specifically, for example, with LGBTQ people saying. Well, we're also part of faith communities. We're there, whether they like it or not. Yes. He, he, and it's not just the faith a... communities. It's, it's It comes to all of us. I'm like, I always say this same thing, you've all that. Okay, I'm a gay man, but I'm also a man. I'm a right. father. I'm a right. husband. I'm a, I'm a coach. And you're always those things. You're always that. You're never right. not a right. husband, a father, a coach, right. uh, a man, uh, an American. Like nobody can and nobody should ask you to not be one of those things. We're exactly. in an era right now where we're seeing the practice of erasure, where people are trying to erase identity elements of others because they're not comfortable with them. They don't accept them. They don't want to tolerate them. They don't want to accept the fact that human existence is one of progress. Human existence is one of change, whether you like it or not. But right now in 2023 alone, there have been over 520 bills that have been proposed across the United States designed to curb the rights of our LGBTQ family. This is This is unacceptable. It's also un-American because America stands for freedom, equality, justice, right? I feel like I'm a a Superman or a superhero, right? right? Whatever their logline is there. But right now, these values are under threat. And it's it's up to us to resist, to fight, Mm -hmm. not to fight back, but to fight forward, which is a concept that I hope to inspire other people other people to do. But but you're you're right in that space because. And it's so ironic that we're we're like we're recording this, you know, right before, you know, Independence Day, the 4th of July. And I can already tell you there's going to be so many people on all sides of the aisle, so to speak. But I can already tell you there's going to be Republicans. We're all about freedom. I'm like, yeah, screw you. They're they're all about their. No, I don't want to make a generalization because I do know Republicans who are civil rights and social justice warriors who do believe in in acceptance of all groups. But there are people who 
only believe that their way is right. And that's when you know that somebody is wrong. Somebody is yep. wrong if they say that my way is the only way. Immediately, if you hear somebody say that, you know that they are wrong. The mm -hmm. right way is to accept that there are many ways. When we talk about having a seat at the table, that means all of us. And yep. that means that those of us who are fighting for a seat at the table need to accept and acknowledge that other people will have a seat at the table, even if they disagree with us fundamentally. Well, this is an interesting concept because this is one of the main reasons that I, well, one of the main reasons I walked away from the Seventh-day Adventist belief system and I'm not saying I threw it all away. There's things I'm like, yeah, I totally get it. There's pieces of it I agree with, like, you know, the morality stuff and being a good person. All, buy into all of that. Right. But one of the things that rubbed me the wrong way the most was we're the ones. We're the ones. We're the chosen ones. I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> you can't say we're the ones, but then there's going to be, well, there's going to be people from other parts of the world that may not know this belief system that they might get saved. And all. I'm like, then don't say we're the ones there. There's we, uh, first of all, none of us know. I think that's the thing that many of these people forget is none of us really know what happens. We're humans. We're, we're making assumptions all the way through this, but I love this concept of when they say we're right, that's the first sign to go. There's something really wrong here. We're the only ones who are right. And I think we're seeing this play out in so many spaces. So what inspired you to say, I, I need to be a voice. I need to take a stand. I mean, besides, you know, you're a filmmaker and all these other things that gives you a really another way to put this out there. But what for you personally, like said, I've got to go do this. I've got to be a voice. I was raised to be an activist. Mm. I am a grandchild of Holocaust survivors and heroes who continued the fight for their existence, for mm. our family's existence, for their community's existence, for our people's existence. I saw that they lived lives that weren't only for themselves. They lived lives that were for our people and not just our people, but for all people, no matter who their neighbors were. If they saw somebody who was in need without a moment's hesitation, without any hesitation, they immediately would would help those in need. And that was in actual actions, in helping them with uh, clothes, housing, food, uh, representation, meeting, having a space in community centers and community groups. That's who my grandparents were. And that's who my parents were. And mm. that's what I saw. So that for me was normal behavior. I started being on panel discussions when I was a kid talking about what it meant to be a young Jew in America uh, and what it meant to be a grandchild of Holocaust survivors. Because my, my mom, for example, she didn't grow up and her sisters did not grow up with grandparents or with mm. aunts and uncles. The aunts and uncles that she had and that they had were friends of my grandparents were the the chosen family the people who who were added into the family were people who my grandparents met while in the holocaust and those mm. became those you know I'm putting in quotation marks aunts and uncles yep. they didn't have that benefit of family they needed to create it and they needed to ensure that our people continue so mm -hmm. i would be on these panel discussions as a kid saying talking about my experience as a third generation, as a grandchild of Holocaust survivors, and how I will continue the narrative of our people. 
Now, speaking of narrative, yeah, I, I work in entertainment and media as an actor, as a television host, as a news commentator, and as a filmmaker. Everything I do is about a narrative, is about storytelling. So I recognize that I have this skill set, this craft, this art, this perspective of storytelling that I can apply to the advocacy, to the activism. And the more I started doing that, the more doors continued to open, the more platforms there were, and the more I used my own platform within entertainment and media as a form of advocacy and activism, not just for Jewish people and not just for LGBTQ people, but anybody who I saw who needed a platform for their voices, hearing them and sharing their stories. And that's a that's a big piece for it. You know, a lot of people are like, okay, you've got these two podcasters. They're both very LGBTQ focused, right? But that's why Life Uncloseted became a much broader conversation of what's your closet? What are the other closets that people find themselves in that they're afraid to come out of and they're afraid to admit? You know, it could be, you know, anything that anybody says, I really want to be a filmmaker, but I'm afraid to admit that that's what I really want to do. Cause people are going to tell me I'm crazy. I shouldn't do that. You're going to, mm. you know, just keep your job, do you know, not, you know, the blah, 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 blah. And I found that as we expanded this into those bigger conversations, still maintaining a very LGBTQ focus, cause it's all about coming out of closets. Um, I saw the embracing, I saw the pathway that this is my way of fighting forward. Like we're also not so different folks. Let's get real about this, right? Your closet may be coming out of the closet about sexuality. Somebody else's may be coming out of like, I'm coming out of the closet that I'm a, you know, overeater. And, you know, I, I battled the bulge in a horrible way. Right. The stories are all you know, the same. That, that's why there's so much that we can be inspired by, uh, from civil rights and social justice movements, even if they are not our own, even if they are about and for other people. What are people doing when they're exploring their truest selves and when they're seeking to be heard, to be accepted? I don't like using the word tolerance because I don't believe that people should be tolerated. They should be just accepted as the norm. You know, what isn't norm when we're dealing with humanity and the human experience? So when you see that people are going through this and are part of these movements, how can you find inspiration for yourself? What is it that I can learn? For example, we're dealing with uh, a lot of trans representation. It's in the news yeah. every single day in the United States. Yeah. Trans youth, trans athletes, trans legislations, where can trans be? What type of gender affirming care are they legally allowed to receive or are they banned from receiving? So let's just look at what trans is. People who are seeking to transition into their truest selves, truest into selves. exploring who they really are, who they really want to be, how they really want to be. That is something that's so bold and so, so uh, inspiring for us to say, look at what trans people are doing to really explore themselves and find mm -hmm. their truth. Now, the argument, when I mention things like that, the argument that I often hear is, well, look at the high rates of depression, anxiety, uh, stress, and suicide amongst the trans community, or, or even greater than that, the LGBTQ community. And they, they need to recognize, and I <laughs> retort, 
that being LGBTQIA plus is not the cause of stress, anxiety, depression, and high rates of suicide. It is how society treats us that is the the cause for higher rates of stress, anxiety, depression, and suicide amongst LGBTQ people, especially LGBTQ youth. So Mm -hmm. I also deal with people of all ages who are LGBTQ. And sometimes I hear people saying, well, we're focusing so much on the youth. What about the older LGBTQ people who need Mm -hmm. representation? Absolutely, we need to represent them as well. We absolutely need to represent them as well. Yet we focus on the youth because they're more vulnerable. They tend to be more vulnerable. They tend to not have the stability or the community that many of us build and create as forward-moving, progressive, Mm. living beings. The more we live, the more experiences we have, the more we recognize who we want to be around and among. We have our families, we have our chosen families, we have the people we keep and the people we have cut out of our lives, right? But the youth are still figuring that out. And that's why there's the focus on the youth. And I, I agree with you in that space. Plus, there is a space, I mean, I guess because I coach people in midlife coming out, there's a whole nother piece of that that's like they've already endured some of that. That's why mm-hmm. it's they're 35, 38, 40, 50 years old when they come out. But what I find so interesting, Yuval, is many of them are like, and now what can I do? I don't want somebody else to go through what I've gone through. How do I show mm-hmm. up? Even though it's kind of scary because they're starting to they're figuring they're figuring themselves out, right? It, but what was interesting about what you were just saying is when you say, you know, they're just the trans are just wanting to explore themselves to be who they want to be. And I have used similar words with people in arguments. I'm like, so what if you were told you can't explore yourself and you can't move forward to be who you want to be for whatever reasons? How would you be feeling? How anxious would you feel? How depressed might you get? And I will go to the really deep extreme with those conversations. And like, what if you were told you can't, you can't be who you want to be as that form of Christianity. You can't Mm -hmm. explore that. That is not possible for you because it's not the way you're supposed to be. How would you feel? And most of them are like, well, that's different because you're, you're, I'm like, no, it's not. There's the difference is you're choosing to be that. We're not, we are not choosing to be gay you know, trans, all that stuff. It's an inherent piece. And so it's just, it's so interesting. I love your, you know, fight forward versus fight back. I would much rather try to have a logical conversation as much as I can with someone rather than, okay, let's, let's go battle. Let's go, let's go into the arena and fight because to me, it doesn't get us anywhere. When you're in an argument with somebody or let's say a discussion, Right. Yeah. Although I do love a good argument um, and somebody's responding emotionally and they're getting very heated and emotional mm-hmm. as opposed to staying calm and focusing on the facts. You know that they're using their emotions to overcompensate for uh, a lack of information, a lack of mm-hmm. of facts. They're they're overcompensating for self-doubt. And when we're able to just talk about things, and I refer to this as my Cheshire cat voice, Mm -hmm. when I'm in an argument, I try to get really calm and really quiet and absolutely using this Cheshire cat smile because Mm -hmm. it'll bring them back down. And I say that to people who I also help uh, 
or, or hope to inspire, to be advocates, to live a life of advocacy and activism. If you know how to represent yourself, you know how to represent your communities. If you know how to represent yourself and your communities, you know how to represent your larger society and your nations. Because of that intersectionality, the, the ways that we resonate with each other within our identities, even if it's somebody who's of a different group, they might practice mm -hmm. life the same way as you or in a similar way. And right. when we can connect on those similarities, we're now able to advocate for and with all kinds of people. So get Absolutely. Calm. Listen, use your senses, whatever senses you have within your capabilities, instead of getting heated. That's how to prevent mm -hmm. those arguments from getting to a dangerous situation. And I've been in those dangerous mm -hmm. situations far too many times. Well, all you have to do is wherever you watch some of the, what's going on in the world these days is to see some of the congressional hearings and stuff and everything going on. And, and like Jamie Raskin is just one of those people I'm like, He's a passionate guy, but he just kind of says it how it is. He just very like, you know, and yes, I know he gets passionate sometimes, but it's like there are often times that it, it just sparks the other side because all they know how to do is act in emotion and did it. As you said, it's because they are lacking the understanding. So they're going to fight however they can. And I used to go through this in my past life with, you know, mm -hmm. as I was coming out of the closet later in life, there was family members who all they could do was react with emotion. So I was reacting with emotion too. And hell, I realized, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. That's right. an interesting well, it's perspective. A very hard, it's a very hard thing to not react with emotions amongst those we were raised with because yes. we have those synapses that fire that were through our, our habits that were developed over years, especially within our formative years, that when our relatives, those closest to us, they can push our buttons. They have mm -hmm. this massive power, which can be used for good, or mm -hmm. it's a, a power that can be used for, for let's just say, evil, right? Let's right. just say exactly. something that's not as good. Um, and actually, something that just happened recently, and this yeah. is, you know, I was, I was sharing it with my husband, and he was kind of shocked that he's like, oh, I'm surprised you actually reacted that way. I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> because my, my loving parents decided they were going to send me some materials from church. Okay. And they let me know they were going to send them. I'm like, okay, well, you can send them. And my response via text to my mom was, you know, I, I, you can send those if you want. I'm glad that that helps you feel like good about where you are in your world and your relationship with God. Um, I, I really want to just need you to know um, that's not in alignment with my beliefs. And I probably won't give it a whole lot of energy if you send it. I'm just being honest. Old Rick would have been like, what the fuck are you doing? I've told you a hundred times before. I'm not going to read this because that would have been. And this time it was like, I'm really just going to hold. I'm like, you can send them. Probably not going to look at it. But I wanted to be honest with them. Like, hey, yeah, save yourself you. $3 yeah. or whatever. You know, <laughs> It wasn't about the money or anything. But, but I think this is to that point of staying calm being in that moment, meeting somebody where they are. And guess what the irony was? My mother and I had a conversation later that same day. She didn't bring it up. I didn't bring it up. It's like, okay, water's now under the bridge. Yeah. She it still got here. Something out. Right. So you, you say, like, does it make, if this really serves you, do you feel better? And sometimes yes. we can just be quiet and let somebody vent 
and get mm-hmm. it out of their system and then say, okay, I hear what you're saying. I've heard right. what you're saying. I see you. I hear you. Do you feel better now that you got that off your chest? Mm-hmm. Hear what they what they say as a response yeah. and then say, okay, let's continue the conversation. Right. Sometimes yeah. people just need that. They're banging on pots and pans and throwing rocks and beating the drums of their of their hearts in order to be heard, in order to be seen. Humanity has this inherent need to leave a mark. Look at the cave paintings on the walls. Mm-hmm. Look at the hieroglyphics. Look at archaeological digs. Look at human, human history. People yep. have wanted to leave a mark, to do something that is greater than themselves. Well, one of the 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 Jewish, the ancient Jewish phrases that my grandfather would use quite a bit is that it's it's better to plant a tree under which is shade you will never sit mm. than to plant it for yourself. Mm. It's how you can do things for the next generations or how do you make this world a better place? How do you make your family and your loved ones better? Not perfect, not the best, right. because what is best and what is perfect? but better. How can we better ourselves? And sometimes it's to embrace those challenges, to embrace those hardships. And you know what? I lean into those challenges, which is probably why I'm doing more and more and more advocacy in addition to mm-hmm. all of my work in, in entertainment and media. I love a challenge. I am excited when I feel vulnerable because when I'm mm-hmm. vulnerable and when I'm challenged, I'm growing. When I'm vulnerable and when I'm challenged, I can be better. I'm on a route towards improving myself. And I actually find that very exciting because, well, I'm an ambitious person. So I I want that for other people. Maybe not all the time because we all need a little bit of a break. And sometimes you just want ease and delight and, you know, a nice, comfortable couch and uh, and, and homemade popcorn with truffle oil, which is my thing. Um, that sounds so. delicious because it's it almost is. lunchtime where I am. I'm like, okay, I'm getting hungry here. But it, it is that interesting space when you give space to look at something differently, look through that other lens, take some breaths yourself. Yes, I'm at, I'm I'm as like, come on, let's let's make some change. I want to leave a legacy. But one of the things I committed to when I became a coach was if I could have impact by simply waking up one day and I never had to coach somebody out of the closet ever again, which is a lofty, lofty goal. Mm-hmm. I will have made my dent on the planet the way I wanted to. Brilliant. But even if I don't make that go completely away, what I've done is helped other people realize you're loved, you're accepted. You can be who you want to be in the world and mimicking for other generations because i feel like the people i'm coaching the you know 35 plus crowd out of the closet they're giving back to what's coming down the pike and we can see it in our in our younger generation at this point there's there's a whole lot more we don't care you can tell us we can't be but guess what we're telling you this is who we are this mm-hmm. is how we're showing up and i realize i'm generalizing there because i know there's a lot of youth out there like uh-uh, i don't feel safe But the more we continue to do the work like you do and then the representation and we show up and we share these kind of conversations, the better it's going to be for those who are coming up the ranks behind us. And something for those who are facing challenges and hardships and are fighting for themselves and their communities is to remember that while you're facing challenges, do something for others. 
when you do something for people other than yourself, it makes it a lot uh, easier to continue that forward movement because you're not as self-involved and self-possessed focusing only on you and yourself and the I, me complex. You focus not on the us, them, but the us, we, how you can focus mm -hmm. on all of us together because you're not alone. And for those who are struggling with loneliness, and so many of us feel lonely, even with our devices and our social media and how right. interconnected we are, loneliness is a huge problem within our society. Yes. Remember that you are not alone. If you're going through something hard, you are not alone. You can do a quick two-minute search online, not even, even less mm -hmm. than that, and find the organizations and the people who are dedicated to helping you, people like you. There are so many groups, and that's why I use my platforms as a storyteller from being an actor, director, filmmaker, host, and news commentator to share these stories, to reach out to people and let them know that there are so many of us who are doing the work, who are doing the deeds. And you know what? Join us. Join We're us. not just your leaders. You need to be our leaders. We all mm -hmm. need to be leaders. And when we- absolutely can dedicate our lives to self and community improvement, that that's, that's truly Huge. a masterpiece work of art because each action, each movement and step and process of, of a being, a creative being adds depth and thoughtfulness and mindfulness, mm. emotionality, meaning and intention towards our existence. And it connects us to ourselves and our communities and really to all people and the planet and the animals recognize that we are just part of this magical life that too bad we have such a short amount of time on this planet, but make the most of it. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing yourself with us today and, just, and doing you what you're doing sharing. out there in the world. So if somebody wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to connect like your website oh, or yeah you know. definitely uvaldavid.com you can go to uh, find me across social media uval david on instagram on tiktok on twitter uh even facebook and linkedin you know i'm it's there aren't that many uval davids out there yes. so uh and the truth is there's nobody like <laughs> me there's nobody like you we are exactly. all these unique magical beings who have similarities with others. And when we can embrace our uniqueness and embrace our similarities, even when you're in an argument with somebody or somebody's different than you, you can connect to them. And that's a tool of, let's call it a strategic tool within a challenging conversation or a mm -hmm. way to manipulate a conversation. Connect yeah. with them about who they are and how you see them, how you hear them based on what resonates for you. And that's how we move forward. But I, awesome. beyond advocacy, that's what I do when I'm directing actors or when mm -hmm. I'm interviewing people for my documentaries. How can I let them shine? Let Absolutely. them know that they are seen and appreciated. Um, the challenge is doing that for ourselves especially when we compare ourselves to what we see as those who are better than us or the best or are perfect. You know, all of those are avatars on social media. I know major social media influencers. I work with them. 
Uh, I'm a, what was I called the other day, a micro influencer. Okay, great, whatever. That's not my whole life. I don't put my whole life on social media. So know that there is no perfection, but mm. there is striving for greatness. That's perfect. Well, thank you. No, it's not all. perfect. It's great. I just there's no I just think that no, it's a perfect way to wrap this up and, <laughs> and, and give some inspiration. So again, thank you so much, Yuval, for being here and being part of this conversation and inspiring all of us to like go find our pathway to being fully ourselves, putting ourselves out there in the world and living our life uncloseted. Really appreciate the conversation, man. Thanks for being with us. Pleasure's mine. Thank you. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family, another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.